Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Schatzer Says. I'm your host, Mike Schatzer, and this is Season 2, Episode 8. And we're going to call this one, This Ain't Your Daddy's Wiffle Ball, because my, my guest today is quite the expiring young man. I mean, he's from Brighton, Michigan. He is a recent University of Michigan graduate, but he's the CEO and founder of MLW, Major League Wiffle Ball. Kyle Schultz, welcome to Schatzer Says. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. It's, it's cool. And also, we have my my, my, my junior co-host, Luke Schatzer. Uh, he's a big MLW fan, and he turned me on to these guys last year during the quarantine. And I, we watched a lot of the videos. I mean, they're doing 30 for 30s. They're having tournaments. Y'all, this you're, if you've ever played wiffle ball, you're going to be amazed at what these young cats are doing right now. So, so, so Kyle, how long have you been at doing this MLW league? Like, when did you guys start with this? Yeah, so I, I started when I was 11 years old in 2010 with my two brothers and my two neighbors just playing pickup wiffle ball in the front yard like any other kid would. And I guess just one day we decided to pick up like the family video recorder, make some short YouTube videos about it and put it up on YouTube. And pretty much from there, that summer of 2010, it pretty much, that was like the stem of it all. And it's, it's kind of just grown ever since then. But it all started with, you know, just just like another, any other kid would be playing wiffle ball in the summer. And then... You know, I didn't think this would anything would come of it, but that's where it all stems from way back in 2010. I mean, 11 years later, you're still at it. I mean, are you, you're still in the league playing. You're still playing for the Western Wildcats, correct? Yep. Yep. I am. I mean, so, so you're you're a, you're a KG veteran. I mean, you got a lot of young guns. I mean, you know, the, the yep. big news, you know, I follow you guys on on uh, Twitter and you guys do such a great job with your social media presence. I mean, your YouTube channel, 189,000 subscribers to watch people play wiffle ball. But it's so yep. well put together. But Big news, you're having your first series outside of the state of Michigan. You're having a series in Oklahoma. I guess it's Mini Fenway. I need to check this Mini Fenway field out because it looks, it sounds awesome. But it's it, it's brother versus brother. It's it's the Kyle Kyle's Wildcats versus Daniel Schultz's Eastern Eagles. I mean, that's, you know. Big time. That, I'm, I'm very excited about that series. Um, it's always been a big goal of mine to like branch outside the state of Michigan for series and you know, we've done pop-up tournaments up to this point, but we've never really done like a full-on series filmed for YouTube outside of Michigan. So that's like, it's like a, a, a first of many, I would say, for for MLW moving forward, for sure. That's awesome. I mean, well, I mean, what a great plan. I mean, outside the state of Michigan for the first time, like you said, hopefully more will come about. Um, your pop-up tournaments, su super popular. I mean, the nearest one was, you know, we had plans to go to Illinois last year and Luke actually reached out to you guys and you responded to him in like a day. I was like, wow. These guys, you know, he responded like, and you know, with the quarantine and we're afraid of leaving the state because he plays high school football, you know, if we're going to have to quarantine. So we didn't get a chance to make it to Illinois. So hopefully, you know, maybe this year, if there's one close by or, you know, Luke and I have already been conspiring about trying to get you guys to come to Kentucky and have a pop-up tournament here in the state of Kentucky. You know, we have Louisville Slugger Museum in Louisville. We have, you know, the Louisville Bats, you know, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I, I've been to Louisville a couple of times, had a great time, but you mentioned the Illinois tournament. We are planning on coming back uh, next August, back to that Louisville Slugger Sport Complex that they have. So right. look out for that. Maybe that could be the time we meet up. That's right. Is, yeah. Are you, are you going to have a 13 to 15 year old bracket? Yeah, that's what we did last year. It worked really well. We usually do 10 to 12, 13 to 15, and then 16 plus. That worked perfect for us. Yeah, we have a, he has a little that's brother who's 13 and they're avid baseball player so maybe maybe right. we'll maybe we'll be coming illinois in the in the fall that'd be that'd be great uh, that that would be great so now how much baseball i mean how much like real baseball did you play like did you play all through high school do you play you play you uh, at michigan i mean like how much real baseball have you played you know outside of wiffle ball yes yeah, so throughout my childhood i played travel baseball school baseball all throughout high school 
um, up to junior year of high school. Um, but I was more of a basketball player actually in high school. So I played varsity basketball for two years, but you know, obviously uh, my athletic career came to an end after high school, just went to Michigan as a sport management student. But, you know, I always, always had a love for just playing pickup sports and backyard sports and, you know, any, any kind of sport, really, whenever I get the free time. Um, but, yeah, my baseball experience, it, it's time, it went all throughout high school. Well, you know, Luke's a, a multi-sport. His freshman year of high school, playing three sports. Uh, what do you think, Luke? How do you think about him being a multi-sport athlete like that? I think it's awesome. I mean, just playing multiple sports and doing multiple things at one time is just the best. Playing basketball and baseball and everything is awesome. I mean, he, he wants to get involved, like, you know, sports of some type. Like, you know, I always kid him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a football coach. I'm raising a dumb jock over here. You know, he's just a, he plays all the sports. He gets OK grades. He's you know, he's just a dumb jock. But, you know, you know, sports management. I mean, dude, your portfolio already is impressive. I mean, you go to some firm and be like, so what have, what have you done, Mr. Schultz? Well, let me show you. And then, boom, you lay it on the table. I mean. What, what, you know, what made you get into sports management? Because, I mean, you're a natural for it. I mean, you, you cover the whole, I mean, you do everything. Yeah, to be honest with you, when I got to Michigan, I had the idea in my mind that I wanted to make MLW financially successful by the time I graduate. And so, you know, majoring in sport management and minoring in entrepreneurship, which I did, it was pretty much all tailored around like MLW because I knew like that's what I wanted to, to do. And I, mean, I guess like worst case scenario, if MLW failed, like, I would still have this sport management degree with the experience of running MLW, which I thought would be a great, uh, you know, point of experience. But fortunately, MLW's taken off a little bit in the past two, three years. So I'm able to run that full time now. But I mean, when I got to Michigan, I still had in the back of my mind, like I knew I wanted to run MLW at some point full time, which, you know, gladly I'm doing right now. That, that's awesome. And what, what, a, what a job. I mean, that, you know, I went into teaching right out of college you know, and start a substitute teaching. Now I'm a teacher. I've been doing it for 25, 26 years. You're going to run your own company. I mean, like you said, that's who knows how, what, where this is going to go. But like, I, I have a question for you. Who lives at Colts Field? Whose house that's is that? That's my family's house. <laughs> because so me, Brendan, yeah. Your, your, your side yard looks like our backyard come June with the two spots, one for home plate and one for the mound. You know, our backyard. And we've cut down uh, some trees recently to make it a little more accessible, you know. <laughs> Oh, those things are always getting muddy in the summers and everything and always having to like fill in, uh, you know, dirt spots and stuff for the every time the seasons were done. That, that was always a grind for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's we built a little backstop. I went to Lowe's. Luke and I went to Lowe's and got the PVC pipe and made the template, you know, and I looked yep. it all up online. I mean, it's, we wanted to do it. We were getting ready for the you know tournament if we could go and he would just hold out hope. You know, I'm like, dude, we got to see what the governor of Kentucky, you know, because we left the state to certain states and, and you know, so, you know, it, it's hopefully this year we'll get there. But, you know, there's people are playing wiffle ball. Like I said, we, we played it in the early 90s in college. And one of my, my good, good friends, Troy Rinker, hell of a baseball player in college, he could really make that thing dance. But, I mean, I watch you pitch. I mean, you know, how many pitches can you throw? I stick to maybe three or four main ones. But my risers, like, probably gets the most attention on, like, social media and stuff because I have such, like, a low – like arm angle like I'm like two or three inches above the ground but that's like my main pitch but I'll, I'll also throw like a like a drop or like a slider or fastball but I, I like to stick to my my riser that's my go-to <laughs> I mean how, how much time do you spend really working on I mean is this something you just go out there and you can just throw that riser or you actually have to work on it and rep it and rep it rep it yeah, I mean, I guess like after so many years of doing this, like I don't have to like practice as much. Like I kind of go out there and I'll just be able to pick 
you know, step in right where I left off the previous time I go out there. But in the early stages, I'd be out there all the time with my little brother, Daniel, in my front yard, just trying to come up with new wiffle ball pitches, like throw the ball up, grab it, see whatever grip you have and just tuck that. And maybe you can find like a new grip. Like that's what we'd be, we'd be doing like every day of the week. But uh, I, I've come to, you know, settle down with my three or four main pitches. And, you know, that's that's what I'm, I usually go with uh, heading into each season. I hear you. I mean, so you're out pitches, you're right. So everyone knows, okay, it's it's a full count, bases loaded. Kyle Schultz is pitching. I know here comes here comes the risers. That was what it's gonna. That's what they're expecting. Oh yeah, pretty much. Usually all the hitters know, even I know, but sometimes they can't touch it. Sometimes it's got some really good break to it. But you know, I have I have all these guys in the league that I've been playing against for like ten years now that have they know they know every single thing I throw and how I throw it. So like a guy like Alec who might be joining us later, like. Man, that guy can he can see whatever I'm gonna throw. He just has like an instinct and he hits so many homers off me now, like it's crazy. But that's always that challenge for me is because I've been doing this so long, people know exactly what to expect from me. So that's always a difficulty heading in, into each season. I mean, ten years that's that's a long career. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of games of wiffle ball that you guys have played. And like you said, yep. you guys, you know, there's kids in high school in Brighton area that are coming out for the league. I mean, you just had your draft, which was televised. I mean, you know, it was is broadcast. I mean, well done. You got new kids. What's the, who's the oldest person in your league right now? Um, so my older brother is two years older than me. He's 24, but he he has a job down in um, Missouri, so he he actually like rarely make it to the field. So actually, I'm me and my class, my my whole class of people, my whole class of like uh, teammates and um, league members. We're all 22, so we're all pretty much like the oldest. And then the youngest is like only, you know, 17. So we're very young, 17 to about 22 or 23. That's awesome. I mean, and you're going to have a lot of young kids now. You know, someday you're going to have to start a master's division for the, us older yeah. guys. I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to get in your 30s. Hopefully this thing's still chugging along. I mean, you're at eight teams now. You know, is there expansion talks maybe in the next couple of years? Are you going to, you know, what's 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 the next couple of years of MLW going to look like? Yeah, I think in the future, it's kind of inevitable just with the way our, our league is growing and with these these drafts that we're implementing, there's so many so much talent coming into the league. Like each team right now is becoming so like saturated with talent that it really does make sense to, to expand right now. But um, I, I'm really just happy with eight teams and about, you know, the 50 players we have right now. I think it's a really good mix. Um, but in the future, for sure, that's in the plans. Now, do you have like, I know you go to Michigan. I don't know if you're in a fraternity or not, but like, do you have like the fraternity teams like challenge you? Like, oh yeah, we'll play you guys in wiffle ball. And then you go out there and just smoke them. I mean, is that something that, that happens very, at all? No, I'm not in a fraternity, but I still play like IM sports. I know Michigan had IM wiffle ball, but I didn't join it because they used the holes. They used the balls with holes all around the ball, which like, it's not even fun to play with. You can't throw anything. I, I didn't even play it. <laughs> you know, that's funny because that's one of my questions. I'm like, so tell me, and we have the, I had to, we had to order these balls special from Amazon, but what's yep. the official ball of MLW? I mean, what what's it it's, called? What's the brand name? Yeah, it's the official Wiffle brand ball. It has the eight holes on the top. Comes with the, like, the yellow bat that we modified. So um, the original classic company. I mean, we modified ours with some, some medical tape at the end, you know, make it a little thicker and, you know, yep. we, the boys and I have been playing wiffle ball out in the backyard at wherever we've lived. They they used to have the big blue fat bat and the big fat balls when they were little, and we just kept yep. hitting, hitting, hitting. Now, I mean, we have the yellow bat, and I think actually the yellow bat that I have is a real wiffle brand that I had in the '90s from when I was in college. You know, it's it's seen a, it's seen a lot of wiffle ball too, so we've played a lot there. Um, so you're not a one man organization though. So, I mean, I noticed we were watching the highlight earlier when I got, you know, Luke and I, and there you are behind the camera with the microphone talking, you know, broadcasting the game. 
who does your, your dad does your stats, correct? Yeah, he loves. He's an old time baseball fan. He's in there with the scorebook, the stats. He's there every single series. He loves doing it. I don't force him to do that. He loves uh, helping out any way he can. So yeah, my dad does that. I mean, maybe you should introduce him to Game Changer. I mean, you know, I coach Little League Baseball and everyone here's on Game Changer. I'm sure when you played in high school, your school probably used Game Changer as well, but he still yeah. does it pen and pen, paper and pencil, huh? Yep, old school. And then we get back home and I put it, we put him into the website and all the stats get manually inputted and everything. So it's, 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 it's a very old school, I'd say. <laughs> it's, a, it's a labor of love for your father, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I would probably be doing the same thing, you know. Uh, I'd probably have to do in this scorebook or film it or something. I mean, cause it's, it's really fun. I mean, it's neat to watch you guys. I mean, I've seen you, you guys have been on sports center. You've been on bleacher report. I mean, now you're on Shatzer says podcast. I mean, you, you've made it baby. I mean, you know, you guys are everywhere. I mean, top yes. 10 sports center. That's, that's huge. I mean, how much did your viewership go after that happened? Do you think? Um, not as much as when like sports center would put us on like their social media feed. Like maybe you'll get like a couple maybe 10 to 100 followers just from like a social media from like a sports center top 10 showing but if they put you on their feed like a social media like an instagram feed or bleacher report puts you on like their their story or their um like their actually like instagram main feed that's when you start to get like thousands of followers just from their the tag they put in the caption and everything so that's that's always like a wild time when we get one of those big accounts to, to feature us i mean and you guys are manipulating social media so well i mean each one of your teams in your league has their own Twitter page. So, you know, if I want to, and like I said, Alex Ward is my dude. So, you know, if I want to follow him, I have to follow Pacific Predators. So I know what's going on there. I mean, you guys are doing, <laughs> you're really taking advantage of, of technology today and the, and the media. Um, it's just amazing. Like I said, you go to your YouTube page. There's, I don't know how many videos are on your YouTube page. I could probably click on it right now because I have it pulled up. But I mean, your YouTube page has, I'm going to say probably what, 40, 50 different videos on there, if not more. On our on our YouTube channel as a whole, yeah. Oh, it's got hundreds because we date, we date back to the early days, 2010. I mean, that's, how, how long does it take you to put together an episode of like one of your series? I mean, how long does it take you to do this? Oh, uh, it, it's a good full like four, five, six days. Like it's pretty much the whole week because I I have to you know manage. There's about four four or five camera angles, and then I got all the audios and the music and the graphics. So it's definitely a whole process. <laughs> Maybe you should have been in te television production. I mean, you know, Luke wants to go into sports <laughs> media. I mean, I don't know. I know. I, I get people telling me that, but it's always been a thing that I've kind of just like self, like learned, self-taught myself growing up, just I like mean, edit video, videography and everything. I mean, you must have a kick-ass computer system or something to do all this. I mean, you have so much footage that, I mean, it's just amazing what you don't have and what you've used. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it boggles me that here's this 22-year-old punk kid, you know, just out of college that's running a... a a multi-state corporation. I mean, you know, and you're so popular. It's it's, it's pretty neat. I, it really makes me feel good about that, you know. So, so let's let's switch gears here, Kyle. Ba let's talk baseball. Who, who I, I know you live outside of Detroit. Are you a, are you a Tigers fan? I'm a oh, Tigers fan right here. There it is. We're not <laughs> not in the greatest state of our of our organization's existence right now. We're at a very low point right now. But I'm a huge Tigers fan. With, you know, growing up, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, and from my hometown, there was a guy that played on the 1984 Detroit Tigers. His name was Tom Brookins. I don't know if you ever mm -hmm. heard of Tom Brookins. And yeah, Tom Brookins was. Big. What's that? My parents are big fans of him and like the whole like '84 team. Well, Tom Brookins, I think, was the last Tiger to play all nine positions in one game. So like. He's from Chambersburg, PA, small town, but everyone, we had a huge following of Tigers fans because Tom Brookins was in the major leagues, you know, and everyone loved Tom, loved the Tigers. You know, you guys won the series in 84. So who's your favorite Tiger of all time? 
So it's actually Curtis Granderson who's bounced around to multiple teams. But when I was growing up, when I was like eight or nine years old, he was on the Tigers and he was a very like, like fan friendly guy. He'd always like take time for kids and everything. So um, from a young age, it was always Curtis Granderson. You know, he and he was always great on fantasy baseball. Point. He always put up a ton of points in fantasy baseball. You know, he yep. he, was, he was gritty. I mean, you're right. I like Curtis Granderson. I can really respect that. I mean, and you guys have had some good players there. I mean, like just down a little bit, but I mean, uh, Comerica Park's relatively new stadium. Correct? Is it still Comerica Park? Yeah, it, I think it was built in like 2000, 2001. So it's 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 actually getting a little bit old, but in, you know, in comparison to other ballparks, it's probably pretty pretty new. Right. Uh, so how often do you get to go to Tigers games? I mean, do you have like some sort of deal now with the Tigers? Like, hey, you know, I'm MLW, dude. Like, put, put me on out here. No, I don't have any deal with them, but they actually held us. We actually, we've done like the winter caravan with them, which is kind of like, you know, they tour around multiple locations in the winter and we kind of held like a home run derby in partnership with them in 2020. So that was a lot of fun. We also did like a play ball weekend collaborative event with them at Comerica Park in 2019. So I have like a slight relationship with them. Um, they had us out to BP for a game one time two years ago as well. But I try to make it to, you know, three to five games maybe a summer. Right. I hear you. Well, we live, we're about an hour south of Cincinnati and they're Reds fans. I'm a Phillies fan. So, you know, they're all Reds fans, but, you know, I, I kind of pull for the Reds too because we watch them on TV all the time. And we still watch, you know, we still watch a ton of baseball on the television. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, we like baseball. And uh, what's, your, what's your favorite stadium you've been to MLB wise? Okay, so I haven't been to too many. I've been to the Brewers Stadium. I've been to the Diamondbacks Stadium and the White Sox uh, guaranteed rate. Um, so nothing really crazy. Oh, I, I actually went to Fenway Park for a tour in the winter, but they it, obviously there's snow on the ground. I couldn't get the full experience, but I've been to Fenway Park, so I'd have to say there, but I've never watched an actual game there. But that's probably the coolest park I've ever like actually like, visited and been inside of. That's cool. I've never been to Fenway. You know, I've been to Philly a couple of times, both the old uh, Veteran Stadium and uh, the new park. And, you know, I've been to Reds games a bunch. But, you know, baseball is kind of a dying sport. So maybe, you know, MLW can help boost some attendance with baseball. I mean, because kids aren't playing baseball like they used to. I mean, the kids right. that play baseball play year round. I mean, you know, travel ball, yep. travel ball. You know, you're a multi-sport guy. So, you know, I'm sure I did see on on one of your Twitter posts that one of your alumni from MLW is playing. Is he playing for Michigan now, or he's playing college? Uh, he's, at, he's at Michigan State. Zach Hopman. Yeah, he's been a he's been a player in our league for you know multiple teams over the past decade or so. So, yeah, we do have guys that have a lot of baseball talent come into this league. Sometimes they they perform really well. Sometimes they really struggle because uh, they're not used to like the way the ball curves and everything. And there's so lot the baseball swing and mechanics that they tend to struggle a little bit. But Zach was actually one of those guys that transitioned really well to wiffle ball. So, you know, it, it's not shocking for to, for me to see that he's like performing well uh, at the college level in baseball. I'm wondering if some of those guys coach are like saying, stay away from that damn wiffle ball. It's going to ruin. Like they always say, don't play golf during baseball. So he's going to ruin your swing. They're probably saying, yeah. don't play that damn wiffle ball. So, yeah, so I know a bunch of coaches either like really embrace it. Like they think it's the coolest thing ever that they're like, you know, getting active and, you know, it helps their uh, – it, it it almost, like, feeds, like, their baseball drive, too. Like, you go home and you play some wiffle ball. Like, I, I feel like that, um, you know I'm, – I'm not sure what I'm – I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but, like, I feel like it helps, like, your baseball passion. Right. Playing wiffle ball, go back home and you, you get your guys together and everything and play some wiffle ball. But I mean, some it, guys – some coaches hate it. Some coaches love it. 
I mean, it's competitive. I mean, I watch you guys on your videos. It's competitive out there. It's not just, you know, having fun Sunday beer league, dude. You guys out there trying to get after it, you know? And that's right. That's, that's what I think I was trying to say is like it helps, like it drives the like, competitive spirit. I think that's that's a great way to put it. Right. Uh, and it, that's cool. I mean, you know, you have these guys coming back. I mean, they're, they're evidently they're great athletes. I mean, who's the best in your 11 years of being a run in the league? Who's the best player that's gone through? And, and if it's you, say, hey, it's me. I'm the best. Who's the best player to come through MLW? I mean, looking at the stats, since I've been in the league so long, I have like every stat and like the most stats, most home runs and everything. So, but outside of me, I'd probably say my little brother, Daniel. Uh, he just got home actually over here. He can hop on this podcast as well. But, um, you know, Daniel. Right. I gotcha. Uh, hold on. I lost you. I lost you. you lost your microphone there. All right, we're back with uh, Kyle Schultz. A little, little glitch technology-wise, you know, it is 2021, but no no big deal. We're back at it. So uh, you say statistically you were probably one of the the, the all-time, but, like, pure, how about pure talent? Like, this came in and just, like, this guy was a, a monster. Yeah, I'd probably say either Zach Hopman, honestly, or, or Jack Krause. Some of these guys with real baseball, like, talent, um, a lot of strength, big, big dudes. Um, I'd probably say Ryan Crash also. He's a college baseball player. He's playing at a small um, Division three school, I believe it is. Um, he can hit and he can pitch as well. So all those guys that go on to play college baseball, those guys are always tough to face. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I can see Ryan Cratch being, because I remember one video I was watching, he came to the game and saying, you know, I'm going to pitch today. My arm hurts from pitching 100 pitches at a yes. pitching lesson one time. And it's just cool seeing him playing college too and then coming and dominating Nimble W in 2000. 19 just whooping yep. everybody so like all right now you, a lot of multi-sport guys in your league how many guys play anybody play football or is it just like basketball and baseball for the most part oh yeah a bunch of sports we have football players we got hockey players lacrosse players um a guy like jack agner he actually plays uh d1 college lacrosse at uh bryant university in rhode island so it's wow. all over the board man it's it's crazy i mean that, that, so i did not know that I mean, and i know him because he's the one with the big beard correct he yep. was on. He used to be on the Predators, correct? And he formed his own team, the Magic. Is that right? Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm following along, Kyle. I mean, you got it. Really, I mean, it's just it really intrigues me that I mean, you were able to start this league as what ten year olds, eleven year olds, and it's still blossoming. And you got dudes playing D1 lacrosse. You got dudes playing D1 baseball. You got guys playing other things. I mean. What's has anyone reached out to you and said, Hey, we want to invest? And now, you don't have to tell me, I don't want to put your business on front street, but has anyone like contacted you and said, Hey, if this thing grows to this level, we're going to sink some money into MLW? I mean, like any kind of thing like that? Um, nothing too crazy, but over the past year, I will say sponsors have started to come in a little bit easier. Um, so a lot of it is like baseball apparel companies or baseball product companies, training equipment companies, um, that love to send us banners, they they love to you know sponsor for some video like incorporation on social media or, or, or our YouTube videos. Um, nothing like too crazy though, um, as of now, but I, I guess I could foresee it happening maybe um, in the future. Like, I mean, you could see, I can see that maybe some small cable company or a Bally Sports or someone that, I guess they've taken over all the Fox Sports. We watch Bally Sports now for baseball and they can yep, call you and say, hey, we want to start putting your games like one series game a week, put something together and we're going to highlight it on television. I mean, you never know. I mean, it, I could totally see that happening with the way things are going. Uh, right. with, with your growth of your, of your organization. But I mean, um, so, I mean, do you think that, you know, in the future that, you know, you could retire from MLW and turn it over to someone or like, you just want to be like, I'm just going to ride this thing out to the sunset and, you know, it is what it is or. 
yeah, the, the goal is to for myself to just keep growing and see where I can take it. Um, I don't want to like put too many too much expectations or, you know, funnel in on something super super certain. But I do have goals of you know growing our our tournament circuit, building it into more of like a national system. Um, eventually having like our own stadium. Like these are all some of the big goals that I have. Like the uh, the end goals, end games that that I have in my mind. But for you know that's that's always the the goal for me is for myself to keep running it and scaling it. I hear you. So you have two fields. You have Colts Field, which is basically your house. Why Colts Field? What is that like your logo, your mascot of your high school team? Or no. So my last name's Schultz, and my neighbors were Coglin, and we thought we were being super creative, and we combined <laughs> the last. And that we have Colts, and that's how you—that's how we got the name. That's awesome. I thought maybe it was like maybe like. Did you go to Brighton High School? I did. Yeah. I mean, I thought maybe it was a Brighton Colts. I didn't do enough research, I guess. But I mean, you know, so you have an auxiliary field called the Meadows. Okay. What? Where is is the Meadows? Like at a park that they let you lease out, or I mean, you know, how how, how does that work? Yeah. So we the Meadows is at uh, Huron Meadows Metro Park, which is very close to to Colts Field. It's only about five ten minute drive. And it's just um, two, two or three years ago, we pretty much had this meeting with these park directors saying that, you know, you have this open field that you guys never really use. Um, and then we kind of told them about what we do, what we can bring to the park. Um, and they loved it. So we set up this temporary wiffle ball fence each summer. Um, we do have, we just pay like insurance on it, but we don't pay like any rental fee, which is great for us. Um, but, you know, they, they've been very uh, accepting and welcoming of us. And we've kind of just taken over this open, like vacant field that nobody really used. And we, you know, made something out of it. Now, do you have to maintenance that part of the field? Like, do you have to go cut it yourself? Uh, we actually, they, they cut it, but we do a bunch of the stuff with like, maybe like weed whacking or um, touching up the fence or the backstop or the dugout area. Like that's all hundred percent us, but they do the, the cutting up the grass. So let's say that like a family is walking by and you guys are having a serious, can they just stop and watch and be like, hey, we want oh, 100%. <laughs> Happens a lot. Fans on their videos before. That's pretty yeah. cool. Fan stuff. A lot of times, a lot of times people would just like be so shocked when they're walking up, like they don't know what they've gotten themselves into. Cause like it's, there's like a lot of like hiking trails that go around it and everything. And like, not every, not everybody that goes to that portion of like the, the park is from Brighton. So they don't know about it. So the, it's always so funny to see them like react to our full on like wiffle ball, cut, like broadcasting, like experience that's happening right in front of them. And they're so like taken aback. It's hilarious. I mean, so you have, you have cameras on the, on the court, like on the foul poles, if you will, correct. And you have the main yep. camera behind the, behind the backstop. Where, where, do, where are the other two cameras? Um, we usually have another alternative camera just bouncing around from multiple spots. And then we have, um, usually somebody just taking video on their iPhone for, really like um instant like replays like if we need instant replays so they'll be doing like slow-mo cams like right by the bases <laughs> so it's about four or five cameras each each time every single pitch oh that's awesome now how how, how far are the how far is the fence from the plate what's your what's your dimension there it's um it's like 85 feet to center and then i think 75 feet to the corners i mean 85 feet people probably think i could hit that i mean but when that ball's dancing from your arm up, upside down basically and spinning clockwise i mean it's, right it's got to be hard to hit that ball that far. I mean, you know. Right. Plus, plus you got those those yellow skinny bats that you know it's really hard to touch something with. <laughs> now, what other positions do you play? Like, do you pitch every game? Like, you're like, dude, I'm the pitcher, man. I'm taking my ball and I'm pitching. Yeah. So I pitch. So in our in our league, our format, we have um, uh, three game series, and um, each game is three innings, and we have a rule where um, a pitcher can only pitch six six innings maximum. So I usually max out my six, and then. I give it off to my secondary pitcher for the last three. 
in which case I'll just be playing in like left field or something like that. But I try to pitch as much as I can. Yeah. So pitching rules, that's pretty cool that I like that. I mean, so you, you can't have two, two dudes on your team that can't pitch because you only keep you have five on your roster, correct? Right. Yeah. Five. Five is the max that you can bring to the field each time. But you don't want to play all five. I mean, is that is that the strategy? Yeah, usually, yeah, usually, usually teams will try to get um, they'll try to put out three guys just so you can get more at bats against the same pitcher. See, it's you know start seeing the ball a lot better. So three is like the minimum, five is max. Now, is there any kind of run limit? Like like when we play in the backyard, it's five run limit per inning, and then we switch switch out. Do you have any kind of run limit per inning? Yeah, very similar to you guys. We do six six run max per inning. Right. That's pretty. We don't have any like. Uh, you know, 10 run lead after one or five after eight after two. We don't have anything like that. It's pretty much just max per inning. I gotcha. Now, do you play the whole three game series at one time? So I, we're playing Saturday at noon at the Meadows, playing all three games at once. We do, yes. It'll take about, I'd say two and a half to three hours each time we play a whole series. Now, like you just play once, like you said, a lot of your guys, I mean, you guys are growing up. I mean, you guys are moving out of the Brighton, moving elsewhere. So guys could come in for the weekend and play their series and then go back to their real jobs or whatever. Is that how you guys do it? Exactly. Yeah. Some guys are getting older now. They have jobs. They live, you know, a couple hours away, but um, there really isn't much problems when we schedule it on like a Saturday or Sunday, like you mentioned. Um, that's that's honestly probably like where the most of our series are going to be played um, this summer. So if we're happy to be in Brighton, Michigan on a, on a Saturday afternoon and stumble upon the Meadows and watch a tournament or watch a series, don't be surprised. I mean, you know, anything oh. can happen, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I welcome it with all with with all with every, with everything i welcome any any type of fan that reaches out to me saying that like you know whenever you guys have a series let me know like i always let them know like i always love seeing fans at our game so i'm all open to that i mean you look at your website i mean everything's right there i mean you guys have the stats you have the schedule i'm like if anyone wants to find you guys they can totally do it i mean that's for sure but uh you know it, it's just pretty neat how, how how invested you are into this uh you know you, like you said the videos there i mean the stats are there i mean this is a professional organization i mean like what kind of scouting do you do to find the new crop of like you guys have like an open tryout or like just word of mouth or yeah so when it comes to like our draft and which is like the main source of you know when we start getting new players each season um, we usually draw from like players that we've seen at our wiffle ball tournaments. So we, so every single year we hold this tournament at a uh, baseball complex really close to us, Legacy Sports Complex, where we do this wiffle ball tournament. We usually get 30 to 40 wiffle ball teams each time, and a lot of a lot of times they'll be right up our alley. So like 18 to 22 year old kids, and um, we do watch pretty closely like who performs well, um, and usually they're fans of MLW in the first place. So. Um, in the off season, we usually reach out to them, say like, you know, would you be down to potentially join this league? And a lot of times they say yes. Um, and the, you know, the managers get in contact with them and that's pretty much how it starts. But uh, I'd say just, you know, the wiffle ball tournaments that we host, like that's like the main driving factor with how people get into this league. I mean, so if you guys are having a tournament, you're like, hey, look at that dude over there in a the yellow shirt. That dude can ball. <laughs> you know, you're going to talk to, hey, buddy, here, you know, what's your name? You might know them. I mean, so that, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, you're scouting for new talent. I mean, guys retire, you know, they, you know, so uh, you have your team. So the Western Wildcats, how many, who's been on the team with you the longest so far that's on your team right now? That's a great question. I actually haven't thought about that too much, but it, I guess it'd be Ryan Kelly who, has been with the Wildcats since 2018, so nothing too long. I've, I've over the years I've filtered in and out guys, a lot of guys, and you know that they've gone on to play for other teams. But right now it's been my been my guy Ryan, who was on my team last year as well. I mean, like, do you have to tell? I mean, how, I mean, I've had to cut kids from sports before. It's, I mean, do you have to go to a dude and be like, hey man, you're just not cutting it, bro. I got what, <laughs> the Western Wildcats are giving you your release. Yeah, that's always a tough conversation to have, but usually they like <laughs> understand that like. 
we are like a an entertainment company almost too. Like we're, you know, the viewers and the audience they really want to see some like good a good products when they when they tune into these wiffle ball videos. So, you know, a lot of the times like you know you'll 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 value the the guys who are actually you know getting on base, hitting home runs, being really exciting as opposed to maybe your your close friend that's not cutting it. Usually, usually they understand everything, but um, it's all it's all in good nature. But yeah, sometimes those conversations are had. <laughs> Now, do you have to do any? Do you ever do any trades? Like, you know, for example, like you know, Alex Warda drafted someone for the Predators, and he's pretty good. Next year, like, dude, I want that cat on my team. You guys trade players, or? Yeah, we've we've done a few trades. The biggest one, like you mentioned, came with the Preds with Ryan Cratch and Alex Warda. Um, you know, a lot of the times that the guys that want to be traded are, you know, maybe they're like a really good pitcher and they don't get as many innings because they're behind like the super good ace, mm -hmm. um, and they a new team that's looking for a pitcher like that's usually the case where we'll see trades like for guys to like grow into more grow into having like a bigger role so also like a like a jack agner like you mentioned earlier like that was a very similar instance where it's like we know this guy um would be really good in the videos having his own team um he's a good character for the league and everything so um those are the biggest instances where we see some like some movement within the league that's pretty cool i mean you know we watched the 30 for 30 the the pacific predators story you know it talked about Alex coming in the league. They were like one and 14 and then like two and 13 <laughs> and took a little stumble backwards, how, you know, and it, it's just cool how the development of the team, and you, you, you got to feel good for a, a guy like that and busted his ass in the league for so long. And finally in 2019, they win it all, you know, and he hits the game winning home run. I mean, that's a Cinderella story. Oh my goodness. It was so like poetic. Like, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again, just with how like, how, how, how like cool it was to see Alec finally get that ring after like what it was like you know seven years uh i don't think we'll see anything like that in the near future just because how like how much it meant to him and like how much time he put into it for the, for him to for him honestly to to hit that walk off it, it was just it was just beautiful it made so much sense it was awesome i mean i wish he was here to hear me give him his props i mean i like i love that dude i mean he's just you know that that's the epitome of, of american sports and you know the, the feel-good story so what are the two? Who's the oldest team left in the league? Is it still the Eastern Eagles and the Western Wildcats? Are the two oldest teams? That's right. Yep, we were the two original teams back in like 2010 when we started it. And then last year, at your World Series, it was the Great Lakes Gators. Is that correct? So they're yep. an they won it all. Yeah, they came into the league 2019 was their first year. Wow, so they must have done a pretty good job of like doing some scouting and they had some... a big draft in 2019, <laughs> I believe. Yep, he you knows. He you knows. <laughs> <laughs> they really took advantage of that draft, man. Yeah, Brendan Zerleg and Drew Davis traded picks, and as Drew Davis exactly. was like, oh, the Gators are never going to do anything, and they would go and win the World Series. And Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you guys finish this conversation because you lost me. I mean, I saw the last winner, but y'all are taking it to it. So the draft's important. Scouting's important, just like all major sports. You know, it, it, the correlation is there. I mean, you have a good business product. You have a good business plan. You have the, the tools and you have a lot of energy in your organization. And now you, you're putting a product on the field that, you know, hey, we've done our research. This kid can play. This kid can do this. I mean, that, that's important. I mean, like you said, you're trying to build your fan base. I want to see you throw that pitch that goes upside down and over and under and hit that daggum square in the middle. And, you know, that's that's impressive to, to a lot of people. So you definitely like that. But, you know, Kyle, I mean, I just... Uh, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I mean, so you just got your, your, your bachelor's degree in sports management, correct? I did. Yes. And are you going back to, are you going to grad school next? No, I'm not. I'm just going to be running MLW full time. 
Awesome. Well, I mean, you know, an MBA probably would look good next to your name too, and you'd probably swing it too. I mean, but I mean, like I said, your portfolio is just, I mean, most kids come out of college with a, with a resume and like one line on an objective and like they worked at like, you know, Applebee's, you know, on your resume, it's gonna say, I've ran a league for 10 years and this, that, I mean, so, hey, if I can give you a reference, please, <laughs> I, I'm nobody, but I'll gladly give you a reference. I mean, how many of these podcasts have you done like, exposing your league to other fans? I mean, is that something you do a lot? Yeah, usually each summer I'll, I'll hop on a lot of podcasts, um, maybe between like 10 and 20 each year. That's Something awesome. Like that. I mean, and you're a natural behind the microphone. I mean, just listening to you do the sports, calling the games. I mean, your enthusiasm there. I mean, you could probably do that as a career. I mean, you're not, not, not taken away from what you're doing now, but I mean, you know, I've done a lot of announcing too, and Luke's done some announcing. So, I mean, how he, he's 15 years old on a podcast with, you know, I don't want to, I told Luke, I was like, it's not a fan page. I mean, we can't be gushing over how much you <laughs> love him. He's like, I know, I know. So, you know, he was just excited to say, you know, and he, he kind of put this in motion, you know, he, He's like, well, why don't you just reach out to him? And I was like, okay. So I sent you a, a message on Twitter and I heard back from you like a couple weeks later. And I'm like, wow, this is going to happen. I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's make it work. So he's like, you've got to get me out of this. So I kind of use this as like bait over his head that, hey, if you want to get in on this call with me, you know, you need to make sure you got your grades right and make your bed and all that, <laughs> nice. you know, nice. but you know, so both your brothers still in the league. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, my older brother though, he's got like a full-time job now in Missouri. So he's going to be, Maybe only showing up to like one or one or two series this year, but my little brother, he's still a big, big factor in the league. Now, can you replace your older brother in the league? Like put him on like some sort of special waivers or is he just on the bottom of the roster and they're filled up somewhere else? Yeah, I think he's still on the, the Coastal Cobras roster, but you know, if if he wants to join another team, then I'm sure I'm sure Drew Davis would probably let him do that. But a lot a lot of the times when guys want to move, like there's not a lot of like yeah, pushback for it. Um, so yeah, if he wants to join another team or stay on the same team, that's pretty much up to him. I mean, he's probably like royalty. I mean, he's a Schultz, damn it. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's a royalty of the league. I mean, who does your designs for your uniform? Do you guys do all that stuff yourselves? I do. Yeah, I do those. I mean, cause the one Eagle you use for the Eastern Eagles, I was at a school several years ago called Shawnee Golden Eagles. It's the same Eagle. I'm like, I recognize that logo. And you know, and some of the other logos like, okay, I, the Predators. I mean, that's the National Predators logo. I like it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not sure I found that Eagles logo back in like 2010, but I made it blue and yellow, and there you have the Eastern Eagles. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So eight teams going full steam. I mean, your, your, your league's in full effect. When's the first series starter? Has it already started? We've done our spring training uh, day, but our opening day is this Saturday, so that's a big day for us. Well, then maybe we'll release this. I was going to wait till maybe Monday to release this. I might release this on Friday and let people, you know. So when can, when can I expect to catch the first series of – MLW 2021. Well, like next week, we can watch the first series. Yeah, on YouTube, it'll be up the uh, following like Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, I think it's like May 7th or 8th. May I think May 7th. That'll, that'll be when the opening day video drops. So who's the team to beat this year in MLW 2021? Who's the team to beat? It'd be the Gators. They are still really good. It's the same team from last season. They have those two draft picks that they got, and they're, uh, they're a great role-playing uh, captain, Brendan Zerlag. They're a really good team, so uh, they're the team to knock off this year for sure. Any any newcomers coming to the league? Like, hey, watch out for this. Like, who, the YouTube followers, who should they start pulling for now? Who's, who's going to be the new dude? I would say it's always fun to root for the Cobras, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> they'll break their hearts. Uh, they got the number one pick in the draft this year, so that's pretty exciting for them, but... Cobras fans are very like it's very very like a polarizing team like you you either love them or you hate them. 
kind of like the like if you're an Eagles fan from Philadelphia, either you love the Eagles or you hate the Eagles. They break your heart every daggum year, you know. Right. So, I got you. Well, hopefully, you know, Coastal Cobras will pull it together. I mean, I'm pulling for the Predators. I guess if I had to pull for a team, you know, tell Alex Warder he he missed uh, an old dude who likes his team a lot. You know, Luke, who's your who's your team? Uh, I don't know if I have a team. I have a bunch of players. I mean, I like Jimmy Norp. He's he's just nice. excellent on the field. I like Daniel. Yep. I also like you, Kyle. Cause, I mean, it's just awesome watching y'all on the field. But I mean, just Chris Cheatham and uh, Jorge, uh, he they're just fun to watch as like rookies coming in yep. just wiping the league out. I mean, it's just incredible yeah. the way they did it. They they are they're insane, man. They're a very hard team to face last year for sure. So does this kid know what the hell he's talking about here, Kyle, or what? I mean, okay, he knows everything. He's I love it so much. I mean, here we are. I mean, we're in we're in Lagrange, Kentucky, you know, and the internet has united us all. And here we are watching you for the last. How long have you been watching? Probably for two years or so. Uh, I started seriously watching about two years ago. I mean, I've been watching like here and there, but like I started like taking notice. And he'll be like, "Oh, there's a new video coming out tomorrow," you know, or there's a new video out, and he'll put on YouTube on the t- on the big TV, and we'll watch it. And I watch it too. I mean, it's pretty interesting to see what you're doing there. So, best of luck to you, Kyle. Thank you again for joining our show. Uh, I'll, I'll release this to you. I'll send you the link. Please, you know, put us on blast. I mean, this is, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a leech to your success right now. Hopefully, some people will listen to this podcast because because you're being on it. So, you know, if we could ever do anything for you, but we'd love to see you in Kentucky. Uh, I, I would love to help you set up a tournament here. I mean, I've, like I said, I've coached for years. I'm, I'm going to sell myself, you know. But if we can get help make it happen in Kentucky sometime, please reach out and let me know what I can do for you. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you again for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Kyle. Luke, anything else you want to say? Thank you, and good luck this season. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Kyle.